Loving God, we thank you that there is help for our sin-sick souls. We ask your Holy Spirit to come and continue to speak to us now through your word in Scripture. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, I want to welcome you all here in the community center and those of you worshiping online. Especially if you're a visitor, we're glad that you're here today. Our summer sermons focus on stories of people who had one-on-one -on -one encounters with Jesus and discovered personally living proof of his power and authority. Today, we celebrate Independence Day. Now, it's one thing to want to be independent of England, <laughs> but life doesn't work if we try to be independent of God and other people. Interdependence, not codependence, interdependence, giving and receiving is what the Christian life and Christian community is all about. So today we're looking at Jesus' encounter with a man who is blind, who spends his life begging at the side of the road. Can you imagine? Surely he feels life is passing him by. But he knows a very important thing about life. He knows he needs other people. He hears a crowd passing by and asks, what's going on? They tell him it's Jesus of Nazareth. Now, he doesn't want to miss an opportunity to meet this man that he's heard so much about. He's not going to let Jesus pass him by. So he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knows he needs mercy. And maybe, just maybe, Jesus will heal his blindness. When the people tell him to shut up, he shouts even louder to make sure Jesus doesn't miss him. Jesus stops. I mean, but wait, but didn't he have much more important things to do? Doesn't he have an appointment somewhere? I mean, wasn't it coming up on his iPhone? <laughs> Is this story telling us that we can shout out and interrupt Jesus, and he'll not only hear us but stop and ask what we want? Jesus asks him one simple question. What do you want me to do for you? Gosh, that's different. Don't we normally think about what God wants us to do for him? Jesus, the Son of God, is asking this man, what do you want me to do for you? I wish it shocked and stunned us as it ought to do that God graciously asks for our requests of him, the man replies, Lord, I want to see. Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he receives his sight and follows Jesus, praising God. What are some of the things we're blind about and need Jesus to restore our sight? Now, I know a few people who've been healed instantaneously by the power of the Holy Spirit in this very room. But I know many more like myself who are being healed and changed one day at a time by God's love and grace. Remember, Jesus told us we only need to have a tiny faith 
to get started, faith the size of a tiny mustard seed. The man believed that Jesus is able and willing to help him. Can you imagine Jesus taking time to stop in the middle of a crowd to ask you a question and then offer to help you? Well, he's here today by the power of the Holy Spirit doing just that and asking you and me the same question. What do you want me to do for you? I think the question implies that there's nothing Jesus couldn't or wouldn't do for him. I mean, Jesus doesn't say, here's the list of the top five things I can do for you today. Pick one. That was supposed to be a joke. You must be <laughs> sleepy. Now, do you think Jesus doesn't know what the man needs or wants? Of course he does. And he knows what we need and want, but he asks us the question so that we'll figure it out. What is the most important thing you want Jesus to do for you today? What is it? I meet people all the time who don't think it's okay to ask God for their personal needs or things they want. When I ask people to pray, I say, now I want you to come up with a personal prayer. This is not asking you to pray for Aunt Jemima. We're praying for ourselves. And it is very, very difficult for people to do that. Scripture tells us that Jesus commands us to ask. In Luke we read, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Have you ever noticed that the letters of ask, seek, knock spell ask? Ask, seek, knock, and ask again. I saw an ad last week at the Seattle Symphony. In their program, there was a huge ad which said, be the one to ask, in great bold letters. Jesus encourages us to be specific when we talk to him about our needs and wants. In John we read, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. He goes on, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So what does it mean, in my name? What does that mean? When you submit a check request at work, you have to get a signature, don't you, to authorize the request. So it is with a prayer request. You have to run the request by Jesus. You have to get his approval, his signature, before you put in the request. Ask yourself, is what I'm asking for something that Jesus can sign off on? I couldn't resist this. Sorry, but do you know why the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness? It was because they were being led by men who would not stop to ask for directions. Good, some of you hadn't heard that before. So I brought something to remind us to ask. I thought I shouldn't have the bag out here because you'd all be distracted by it. So you have to remember to wear a hat. All right? H-A-T. 
H is for humble yourself. A is for admit you need help. Ask for help and then accept the help that is offered. T is for thank. Thank God and those who help you. Hat, humble, ask, thank. And I think I'll take it off. <laughs> the blind man was wearing a hat. Didn't you notice it said that in Scripture? He humbled himself by crying out, help! By admitting his need for mercy, A, he asked for mercy and for his sight, he accepted Jesus' gift of both, and T, he thanked Jesus by following him and praising God. Here are some of the things I, I want that I know only Jesus can do for me. H, he can give me hope, help, healing, wholeness, a home now and one in heaven. And yes, by the way, the woman who's looking for a home that I mentioned six weeks ago when I preached is still looking for a place to live and would like a room for herself. She's trying to get back on her feet and needs our support to do that. So A, acceptance, assurance, adventure, answers. Do any of us need an attitude adjustment? T for trust, time, and then all the treasure of heaven, faith, joy, peace, forgiveness, H-A-T. I know it can be embarrassing to admit we need help, especially on the east side. We say things like, I don't have any needs, or I'm sure God has much more important requests to attend to than mine, or isn't it selfish to ask for something for myself? Or we're afraid to ask. Maybe we assume that the answer will be no, as we've been disappointed so many times before, and we can't even anticipate anyone saying yes to any of our requests. Reverend Dana Van Horn says, you automatically get a no if you don't ask. Remember Ephesians 20, we had a whole Ephesians 3.20, we had a whole sermon series on it. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or even imagine. Now, have you ever stopped to realize for a moment that if you don't ask for anything, you won't need to receive from others and they won't ever have the joy of giving? By always giving and not receiving, we keep ourselves in the one-up position. Now, you've probably heard about the man who was caught in a terrible flood. He believed that God would help him. So when his neighbors invited him to jump into their rowboat, he said, oh, no, thanks. Someone else can take that seat. I know God's going to provide and rescue me. You go on and pick up some of the other neighbors. The water kept on steadily rising. And pretty soon, the man had to climb up onto his roof to escape the flood water. Then two firemen arrived in a rescue boat. He said to them the same thing as they offered to help him down from his roof into the boat. Oh, no, thanks. I'm waiting for God to come and help me. I know he'll provide. The stunned firemen sailed off to find another stranded person. 
Half an hour later, as the water was still rising, a helicopter hovered overhead, and a man yelled, I'm sending the rope down, grab onto it, and we'll pull you up to safety. For the third time, the man replied, don't worry about me. I know God's going to save me. Thank you anyway. About an hour later, the man drowned. He arrived in heaven and asked God, why didn't you rescue me? God replied, what do you mean I didn't rescue you? First of all, I sent your next door neighbor, then I sent the fireman, and then I sent a helicopter. Marlene's getting it. <laughs> Are you keeping your eyes out for the often unexpected ways that God is offering to answer your prayers? Or are you telling him exactly how you want him to answer them? I knew I needed to be healed. I knew I wanted to be free from my many fears. I knew I wanted to discover an alive faith in Jesus Christ. But did I ever expect that God's answers would include coming to the U.S. 30 years ago, marrying William, a Californian, one year later, or going to Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, accepting a call to come and serve here at First Press for the past 13 years? No, never. Never in my wildest dreams or imagination, nothing could have been further from my mind that that is how God would answer my prayers and my needs. So what often happens when we find ourselves in a place where we know we do need help? We isolate, we withdraw, we hide in the darkness because we feel embarrassed and ashamed. But that's the exact opposite of what we need to do and what God wants us to do. We need to humble ourselves and ask for help, to reach out, tell a trusted friend, and bring our situation into the light. We all want God to show up and help us, but he often shows up with skin on through other people. Remember, we are the body of Christ in the world today. I told the story of the man on the roof to a woman recently, right here in our prayer room. It reminded her of her repeated prayers to God, asking for the strength to overcome her problems by herself. She's been unable to ask for or receive the help she needs because she's been trapped in embarrassment, shame, and fear. She couldn't see that it was God sending her many offers of help. Pride and self-hatred blind us to God's love and grace because we feel so unworthy and helpless. So here's her story in her own words. I think it started sometime after my mother passed away. Could have been depression, whatever, but I let my living conditions go to pot. No kids at home, just me, so who cares? I started getting involved outside my home, working on charity projects, helping others, volunteering in many directions. I loved it. I'd come home, drop everything, and off I'd go again. The piles started to accumulate, and I didn't take time to tackle them. Well, after almost four years, you can imagine how big some of those piles were. I consumed my time with other things, so I didn't have to deal with my own chaos. This led to heavy feelings of embarrassment, humiliation, and fear. Fear of being judged, of never making headway. I'd start on one project and become so overwhelmed I'd give up, spiral down, 
and feel buried. I hated myself. The worst thing was that I stopped having friends and neighbors over. I was too embarrassed to have anyone see my secret, even my family. And I personally couldn't function well in the disorganization. I prayed a lot about this, asking God for strength, energy, and focus to get the job done. I needed his help desperately to keep me on task. I mean, a neighbor has a truck, keeps offering a dump run, but I never seem to have all the trash together when he goes. Another neighbor offered, neighbor offered to help me organize whenever I need it. I felt I needed to clean up before she came into my house to help me clean up. A bushel of dear friends have offered to help sort and clean any time. I was too embarrassed to have them see my mess. I had to make headway first. I kept praying for help, for guidance and focus and time so that I could get the job done. She says, my son and his wife live 600 miles away. One day they showed up on the doorstep and said, mom, we've come to help. She went into an absolute panic. She says, all the horrified feelings were on my face. Tears came. They came into my house and I had a breakthrough. I saw the light. The Lord had not given up on my accepting his answers to my prayers. He had sent angels to help me all along, knowing I couldn't do it alone, and I continued to let embarrassment blind me. God kept sending, and I couldn't see it as my prayers being answered. I'm making headway now after my family helped get me started. I'm open to help when offered, knowing God's hand is in it. I'm also realizing that those helping me could feel the kind of joy I do when helping others. I continually praise God for not giving up on me and thank him for opening my eyes. This isn't a story of instant healing, but of a woman realizing how Jesus had been trying to do for her what she couldn't do for herself through other people's help. I have another story to share of a woman who also hasn't experienced instant healing but Jesus Christ is bringing healing to her life, and she is asking Jesus to do many things for her. She says, I became a Christian at 10, was active in my church, attended a Bible college, and married a Christian man. My blindness was the compulsive need to appear joyful and to create the image of a perfect Christian marriage, home, and family life. I needed to plan and be in control I tried to help people who didn't want help. I appeared giving and I worked actively in my church, volunteered in the schools, made sure that my children had every opportunity to be successful and to attend good colleges. I entertained and created memorable events for friends and family in our lakeside home. We went boating, sang songs, and roasted marshmallows by waterfront campfires. Teenagers would hang out at our house all weekend long. From an outsider's view, I had created the perfect life. People were jealous. The house of cards tumbled. The reality was I was struggling in an unsafe and abusive marriage. After an assault landed me in an emergency room, I finally realized that I couldn't change my husband of 25 years, and I separated. It's been a difficult journey, and over the past four years, 
My two athletic children underwent major surgeries and now deal with chronic pain. My husband was fired from his job and couldn't afford the mortgage. I was laid off from mine. My mother broke her back and I needed to move my parents into a retirement home. The list goes on. This is a true story. She says, it seemed that each day brought a new set of trials. Last month, after a very long and painful process, I finally signed divorce papers. I find myself without savings, working in a temporary job and living in a room above a friend's garage. People are no longer jealous. Four years ago, she started attending First Press. She says, I found there an incredibly loving community that supported me through acceptance, prayer, and warm meals for my struggling family members. I found a singles ministry where I could openly share my pain, fears, and anxieties. I could finally be real, be imperfect. When I started my journey, she says, I asked God to change people and my circumstances. I now ask God to heal me by restoring and renewing my mind. Moment by moment, he is freeing me of my compulsive need to be in control. He's teaching me to be content, to let go and let God, and to release my worries and fears. God is training me to offer up prayers of blessing and gratitude when troubles come my way. For the first time in my life, I'm experiencing calm, stillness, and joy. I don't know where I'll be living or working six months from now, she says, yet I know that God's brought me to ground zero, that I might be free to go on an amazing adventure with him. Then she wrote to me later, I do want to stress my walk is one day at a time, good days and days that I struggle. I'm like a baby learning to walk. A lot of tripping about, but each day brings new discoveries. So remember often to put on your hat. It's very helpful in conflict resolution and in helping you to ask. Be humble. Ask for, accept help. And then thank God for the help he sends. Jesus is asking each one of us today, what do you want me to do for you? What will your answer be? Loving Lord, help us to humble ourselves as you did and come to you to ask, please heal our blindness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you.